0: Welcome to Hemp Foundation Talks, where we listen to the heartbeats of the hemp industry and learn the celebrations, challenges, and discoveries from hemp leaders and advocates from around the world. I'm Rebecca, International Business Officer with the Hemp Foundation and your host. Today's guest is Peter Gorse. Peter Gorse trained as a product designer at Coventry University in the UK. One of his designs won an Audi Design Foundation Award. Afterwards, he set up his own brand to design products which included a small clothing collection. These products and clothing were sold via a number of wholesale accounts from Dockers Europe, Paul Smith shops, Selfridges, plus numerous independents. Peter has also gained experience of marketing by filming a promotional video with MTV and appearing on an early morning breakfast TV show called Channel 4's The Big Breakfast. More recently, Peter has had the opportunity to conduct textile research on regenerated cellulose fibers at Cranfield University in the UK. During COVID, when the laboratories were closed, Peter created the Garment Facts label, which he is now trying to progress after receiving significant interest. Hey, Peter, welcome to Hemp Foundation Talks. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show. Um, I know about two weeks ago, you put out a post on LinkedIn with a visual of a, a Garments Fact label, and it was, right in line with what everyone's used to seeing on a nutrition label, where you can see the ingredients kind of like of, of the garment and stuff. And it gained a whole lot of attention, which I think gives us hope to, that more people are interested in transparency in the, the fashion industry and, and change. You know, People are more thinking about what are they wearing? What is it supporting? What's in the fabrics that I'm putting on my skin? You know, Our skin is the largest organ. So please um, share with us more about your work and what inspired you to, to create this awesome label.
1: Okay, well, thank you for inviting me. It's, it's a real pleasure to uh, try and explain what happened around this uh, Garment Facts label. Um, so prior to COVID, I was doing some textile research at a local university on regenerating cellulose fibers. And then the labs shut because of the pandemic. And so it came about through you know me having that time to uh, think about something else. And I'd always thought, and I never really understood why clothes say so little about themselves. Mm. You know, if you look at the typical label, yes, they've got information on how you wash them and care for them, but beyond that, they don't really say much about. You know, they've got like country of origin, which I didn't really understand what that meant because factories are in different countries um Yeah, I just thought, and then be on the main fabric type, but again, that's only part of a garment. I mean, it wouldn't be a garment unless there was other things like thread and things like that. Right. So, if it says 100% cotton, it's not that accurate because the thread probably isn't cotton. So, it, just little things like that, that niggled me, and and then also, so I, I trained as a product designer, so I've always been curious about. How back materials and how products are made, and, um, and ed- in education, sort of product design, which is called industrial design in the states, I think, is always separated from fashion design. They're, they're kind of separate courses, mm. and I think because of that, I never really thought of textiles as a product, which is a bit of a strange thing to say. But then, once I got you know got involved in textiles, I just realized just how complicated a product it is. And then you think, well, how did they do that for like $4 for a T-shirt? I mean, how did they do it? And I still don't know how they do it. Because it's a complicated little product that goes through lots of processes. Mm -hmm. And so it was really about just kind of a challenge for myself in painting a bigger picture of exactly what happens, you know, know, to, to produce the garments. And I didn't really want to reinvent a label because people had said to me, people don't really look at labels. And so I thought, well, there must be some that they do look at. And obviously, you know, the food industry, you know, I've been doing labels for years, they've got quite strong legislation to force them to do it. And so it was kind of an obvious route, I think, to look at the food industry. And um, and when it said nutritional facts, I thought that was great. I'll just replace the word nutrition with garments. And then I could just try and select the metrics I wanted and try and fill in the data mm-hmm. so so yes yeah, so that's how I did it it wasn't it wasn't like an extensive piece of research but I knew experts in particular fields and they were really they were it was great that they were happy to talk to me and, and you know and give me some of the data and then I had a, like a data trail in other areas and and then I produced it and I only posted it <laughs> to show some of my friends to get them to You know, critique it so you can be feedback, so I can hopefully improve it a bit. And then it just all went. It just went bonkers. I I know how many
0: how many views did you have on that post?
1: It's got over six hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, and I remember I was talking to you that day. You posted it, and you were up till the middle of the night answering people's messages. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was staying up till about two or three in the morning sometimes even later than that until i was just too tired to like reply to responses and i actually got a shoulder injury i think from crouching (laughs) from crouching over my laptop for too long Uh, yeah and i've actually like got like a bit of a trapped nerve in my shoulder and i've been in pain ever since that post oh my
0: gosh So
1: yeah so it's been a real sort of roller coaster the last um couple of weeks you know people asking me questions people asking for you know discussions I've had you know about, you know three or four meetings every day for the last 10 days you know wow. from people that you know I just don't know but mm-hmm. they're you know they're experts in their field and they wanted to sort of talk to me and I was thinking I don't really know that much I'm not, yeah. you know, I don't know what to say to them so well,
0: so what, think, it's been yeah yeah I think you ruffled some feathers and and um I think what you've kind of created that visual is the next step that we need in the industry, and maybe you can share a little bit more about the the um, the details, the points. Like I think you had, um, you know, on on the label, you included what what is the makeup of the fabric, um, any chemicals that were included in the process, the dyes, even you had the distance that the garment was traveled in the supply chain, and yeah. um so tell me a little bit more, since you put that post out and those those things that you chose to put on there, and then you got a lot of feedback from other people, well, why don't you have this? Or what about this? So what? tell me a little bit more of your take on which items should we have on, on this label?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I still really don't know the answers to that. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, I knew I'd left out some, you know, some biggies. I deliberately left out um water usage because I thought I thought that was you know quite difficult to actually get to the bottom of Um, because if you think it if it's a if it's a synthetic fiber then you've got to include how much water is used to get the oil and gas out of the ground Mm -hmm. and it's not usually included in data that's available so and I didn't go for carbon footprint because I thought so many people were already doing carbon footprint and I thought you know I'll avoid it. You know, I'll make yeah. I'll make life easier. So I just I guess for me, I saw textiles as something that they in I didn't go I didn't want it to be an eco label or a green label. Uh, I went for what I thought was an average garment, a simple garment, and the data would then replicate replicate that uh, that average garment. So and to me, it would be about sort of a generalisation that lots of chemicals are used to produce the garment. Um, Mm. They have long supply chains, so lots of distance uh, to get to the final destination. And also an area that I really wanted to include was that they all shed a lot of microfibers, which I think is, I don't think I've ever seen a brand really say to their customers that this is a product that's gonna shed a lot of microfibers. And obviously if you use a lot of chemicals to make them, then in a sense, that's what they're shedding. You know, they're shedding a cocktail of chemicals. And I mean, there were a lot, I think there was lots of so they were quite difficult to quantify, mm. but there was lots of easier things as well. So um, I, I was actually talking to a major UK brand throughout this process, a company that, um, that make millions of garments and they sell them across the UK and across Europe. And so I wanted it to have like a balance. I, I wanted to go back to them and, and say, try and persuade them to actually take some of the easier aspects of it and consider actually um, supplying that information to their customers. So I had of manufacture on the on the label. And obviously all the brands know their date of manufacture, their garments in case they have to be recalled for whatever reason.
0: Right.
1: Um. So that, you know, so I went for some quite easy picking so data manufacturer, I think extended material list. So, you know, going beyond main fabric, including what the thread was made from, Mm. including all the bits of trim, buttons, zips, exactly. Um, Stating what the dye was as well, stating the dye that had been used, because I thought that the naming the dye and extending the materials list would really help recyclers. So if mm. someone else came across the garment again, instead of it going to landfill, they'd have more information uh-huh. that the recyclers, it would help the recyclers. Yeah, um, yeah. what else was on there? I can't remember. <laughs> so there was, there was lots in there. There were lots of things that were relatively easy to get to and then others that were, were you know, were, were more difficult. So I thought it had a, a reasonable balance and I thought it painted a reasonable picture of what what a garment garment is because you know i've i've just got in my head that you know we're all walking around with these with our clothes on thankfully but they're (laughs) but they're they are you know as we wear them as we wash them as they're produced they are shedding all these microfibers, and it's a massive problem for this product for our clothes it is a huge problem and yet
0: it's
1: yeah i don't think too many consumers realize that mm-hmm. about this product you know they are they're kind of leaking all the time you know into yeah. the air we breathe and into the water we drink and and everything like that so i just think they're a really fascinating product they've got all got so much history they've got you know all the craft of people from <laughs> from you know weaving and yeah. and yeah and then but then we've got this industry that can produce 80 billion garments a year
0: right you know they've Oops. got such
1: massive efficiency
0: mm-hmm.
1: and huge kind of issues within supply chains that well that's obviously i included that i mean that was a biggie mm-hmm. i included uh, wages mm-hmm. so i went um you know I, I i kind of nominated the countries that i thought it would go through to get produced and then i i found someone in that country and he he told me what sort of average wage was for a textile worker in in a cut and sew factory in that country Mm. and then i used an N, and then i used a couple of ngos who do a lot of work in pacific countries where garments are manufactured and they they calculate the, the average salary um compared to what a living wage would be so i i kind of included that as well so i had a a wage like a a monthly wage for a textile worker and then I represented what percentage that would be to a living wage to kind oh, of
0: that's important yeah. to show that yeah comparison yeah
1: yeah but I mean I think that's a really massive issue
0: yeah. um
1: because you know eight, I think 80% of the garment workers are female you know and they they you know they're just not just not treat it out i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't last five minutes as a garment worker i couldn't i don't think i could work that hard you know mm-hmm. i think i would physically collapse so
0: well i mean yeah. being that you got some pain shoulders yeah. just from I that can, one static motion i can't mean, imagine even, the garment yeah. worker who's in that position you know yeah. doing something over and over again you know yeah they got some exactly. Strong, yeah, <laughs>
1: I'm feeble that I couldn't manage just leaning over a laptop more than usual. <laughs> you know, I broke down and yet there's these millions of garment workers who are working in, you know, really difficult, you know, conditions
0: yeah.
1: for, for hours and hours and hours and they're getting paid, you know, very low wages and they don't get any sort of benefits, you know, they don't get sick pay, they don't get um, maternity cover they don't get you know there's right. all those costs have been taken out away from them to save you know the brands and in- and the industry money
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to enable and I mean, that enables you know cheaper clothes for everyone right and but they're paying the price for it you know right. by having this these flexible casual contracts you know? So I
0: think the more that we bring, um, transparency to the value change, then maybe that can come down to the consumer to realize, um, put a little bit more thought into the items yeah. that they're purchasing. Right. Because I know for me personally, I want to know more about what's in that garment for my own health and then what it's supporting, you know, and, um, and if I'm going to pay more and if I can, then I'll do that. If it's to support, um, people who are you know working hard and um that deserve a better treatment you know um so one of the other things that that we had discussed previous to our conversation is is this process right once we shine light into this industry then there's an issue with other um companies that well I don't know if I want to share this information yet maybe they're on the process of changing things but it would destroy like their brand image right and and they want to keep in business so how do we like gently bring this label on, bring the transparency that's needed, but also honor the process of change and allowing these companies to change their processes um to support you know greater environmental issues and and such.
1: I think that's, uh, yeah, so I think the industry are moving in that direction, right, and it's moving in that direction with. Uh, with tighter regulation you know tighter regulation is coming down the line mm. certainly in the eu there's a major piece of regulation coming out in just over a year's time and so you know the the brands are going to sign up to that so it is happening to an extent but from my point of view i think it happens behind closed doors it happens without them having to go directly to the consumer and in, and actually. So the data is going from the brands to say, industry regulatory bodies, uh, the data isn't going to their customers. So,
0: right. so I think standards the are improving,
1: but consumers are kind of left out of that loop still, which mm. it suits the industry, I think.
0: Mm.
1: I think the industry still want consumers just to focus on color, you know, style, um, brand image and trust and is the garment on trend. I think that's, and then make improvements, you know, by compliance to tighter regulations. So mm. that's that's how I see it. But I'm, when I'm kind of saying, well, I'm not sure, I think consumers should know a lot more, but I may be a, I don't know how many people agree with me. I think there's a lot of people who disagree with that in the industry, but
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So it's gonna be difficult to do it because the industry, have a pathway to improve their practices. but it, it, it's it's kind of the opposite pathway to what I put out with this label and and who am I? I've just done I just did this label. I mean it's I mean it's a trillion dollar industry probably. so you know there's a lot there's a lot of of money and power in the in the textile industry. I don't think they're too bothered about me to be honest.
0: <laughs> I don't think they're worried about it. I think you hit it though too, like um, it stems down to the regulations that are there, right? And so as things change, which they are and they have to because we've already done a lot of damage with you know, all these these fibers and microplastics that we have now in our oceans and in our fish and in our food supply and everywhere, right? So um, we're at a place now where we, we have to change. So um, I think this is a symbol like this garment leg- label is a symbol for for that change, you know that we need to stretch ourselves. We need to be more transparent, and people are asking for it. I mean, it just goes to show with, with what you put out there. You didn't expect, you know, such a response. No. But I think yeah. I think that's that's um, that's an indication that there needs to that people want that change.
1: <laughs> I think because brand reputation, obviously, they, they work so hard. For their brand reputation their brand image that and you know they really they really need to protect that so saying things about wages in supply chains saying something about chemicals they use um the distance of their supply chain it all to them it all looks like negative information uh-huh. and obviously you know all our consumer goods are sold on positive information So i think it's a problem not just in textiles but it's a whole way that we sell consumer goods i mean we only sell them on the basis of you know a positive aspect of them right and and everything else is kind of you know
0: you're right it's a
1: challenge i think it's a challenge across a lot of our consumer products it's not just a a textile you know a, a garment issue
0: You're right. Like, why can't we have that makeup across all of our products, right? We have it in our food and we ingest our food, but understanding that the products we use have an effect too on even the food that we eat (laughs) yeah. (laughs) from from polluting our environment, you know, to the soil. So understanding that it's all, um, that it's all connected. And so looking at that nutrition label, right, it's pretty much black and white. And once something comes out there and there's a nutrition label, people have the choice now. They can see it. Do I want yeah. to eat this? This is what's in yeah. it. Do I want to ignore the label? Not even know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> but at, la- at least you're putting it out there. Um, yeah. I think that's important. And, and it can be just black and white. This is the information. Now you make your choice paste, based on the information that, that you see in front of you, right? Um,
1: I mean, the, the problem I have now is, um, is you know, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do next? I mean, it's... I, I, I just as I said initially it was just I was just going to show some of my friends and we may we may I mean I, I spoke to you about this yes you know we were I said I, I wouldn't mind printing just a few t-shirts with it and then we just yeah. go and walk around with them it wasn't I think but now I'm thinking you know I've got this kind of short opportunity now for the next two or three months maybe to try and do something with it but then that brings a whole load of other problems, which, you know, I, I spoke to you about, you know, I, I said to you, I know, I need, you know, I need your sort of help advice on this. And um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, where can you where can I take this? Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a big it, You know, you need you need a platform, you know, you need a platform that you can access that you can put supply chain data in for these right. labels to be produced. I mean, it's quite a big complex you know to actually to do it and then yeah so yeah it's a it's a big challenge now so obviously the kind of I guess the odds are kind of against it but my my perspective now is to just try and give it a go and if it if it just falls flat then at least you know at least I try to progress it I mean I'll have to be happy with that I guess but
0: yeah yeah, well, I think you know you put out something um I don't think it's just going to go flat um and you know, from what we discussed to, you know, and what we're doing at Hemp Foundation is to also, that's our goal also to bring more transparency, you know, through the work that we do, through um, taking care of the people that we hire. That's, you know, a big mission for us is to help the village people in the Himalayan area and then to bring out products that are made out of more sustainable things. Like this is hundred percent hemp. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I think, you know, I would love to for us to have uh, such a label too that we can, um, you know, support the further progress of of this industry um, in a in a good way, right? So yeah. we can definitely um, discuss more. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know help support you. Yeah. And if there if there are any others um, that also you know have an interest in that. Um, once we post this video across our social media too, we'll have a link um, for your LinkedIn so people can reach out and um, you can answer more questions. <laughs> <laughs> get a little bit more tight in the shoulder. Yeah, I
1: may have to get something. I don't know. I don't know, like those American American football, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just maybe a little, make bit, of, a little bit of yoga
0: or something, you know. Yeah. Stretching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Peter, um it's just been a pleasure to talk to you, to get to know you, to understand um, you know, the work that you're doing this awesome. Um any any last words or anything that you want to say before we uh, close out here? <laughs>
1: um well, I mean, if you know, I'm really happy to hear people's views on it and and don't worry about being, you know, harsh on it or really critical because you know, that is really part of the process to. Improve it, even if you yeah. say if you think it actually is something that should be done. Because you know, I think you know. Please, if you if you've got the time, please air your views on it because um, it's you know it's it's an important part of the process.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Hemp Foundation talks. Hemp Foundation is a nonprofit social enterprise on a mission to provide solutions for our current ecological crisis. Hemp Foundation and their brand, Uki, has created a value chain from village farms to the marketplace. Utilizing the many benefits of hemp to overcome deforestation, fight plastic pollution, and support regenerative practices to heal our earth. The foundation supports over 250 small village farmers in the Indian Himalayan region. In addition, they employ widows and women in the production of over 500 hemp products for the marketplace, From clothing, to food, to hemp bags, a large range of textiles, embroidered fabrics, home goods, and even hemp bioplastic. To learn more, visit hempfoundation.net.